Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are discussing the career of Neil Adams, who just passed this week as we record this, uh, by talking about maybe his greatest comic, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Amir, this is like as good as comics get, dude. This is like the, one of the greatest 70s comics ever. Mm-hmm. And like so 70s too. Not just Muhammad Ali, who's like actually great in this comic, but you know, everyone talks about the cover with all the 70 celebrities and stuff on it. Yeah. And Adam's art is never better than it is here, assisted he, by all the folks in continuity studios. I mean, it's just it's just a masterpiece. Do you think this is his best work? I think this is his best work. Mm. What do you think? You know, I'm not as big an, I mean, I'm not an officiant, you know more than I do, but I think I just try to like scroll through whatever, what's he known for? He knows he's known for X-Men, you know, I mean, his X-Men didn't sell very well, but it's very well looked at. He's known mm-hmm. for Green Arrow, Green Lantern or Green Lantern, Green Arrow, which was like, at the time was very progressive. Uh, obviously he re- revolutionized Batman and it's this one. Yeah, the Batman work is amazing too. And like the guy drew like one of the five or five or six of the like the greatest Batman stories ever created. Mm. You know, like the the Joker's five way revenge is like a template for how people would do Batman stories for mm-hmm. like a decade or two after that. So you weren't here then you were and you know you weren't a comics fan but like I remember when I was a kid you know how they had those ads in the back of Marvel and DC Comics and you send it away for a catalog and you get something back from Howard Rogowski or George Bell or whatever those people's names were right you know those ads in the back of the comic books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I used to do that and I get back these catalogs and they would have you know a list of all the comics for sale and whenever there was an Adams issue, it specifically listed as Adams, right? Instead of the comic being 75 cents, it was $3, you know, this amazing so amount of money. Because Adams was just a rock star. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, I, um, my first non-Tintin comic was a Batman comic by Neil Adams. It's the daughter of the demon. Such a great story. And it's amazing. It's like this whole like gauntlet or like Ra's al Ghul. I'm not sure if that's the first appearance of Ra's al Ghul or not. I think it's the second. Because yeah. I think they introduced uh, Talia after they introduced Ra's. Mm. I wish I had that comic when I was a kid, uh, from when I was a kid. But um, it's just got the drawings where I remember, I mean, We've talked about some of the comics that that are, you know, kind of embedded in your mind as a child. I'm wrong. Uh, Wikipedia says he was first introduced as Bat- in Batman 232, Daughter of the Demon, June 1971. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. Um, but it was amazing. It's um, so it, this, that, is one, this is the, one of the first American comics you ever read? It, that comic is embedded into my brain, like all the images, like the first scene where like Robin is crawling through a window and he's getting shot at. There's even like a weird scene where like supposedly the bad guy who ends up, you know, spoiler alert, 
there's a little panel where like Raza Ghoul shows Batman that um Robin is all tied up and it's very uncomfortable. It's like <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's I remember that. I just remember all the, the way he drew the gun shooting, the way he drew like, you know, Talia, who's like this hot girl who's like has the hots for Batman. They wait at the end of the book where Talia gives him a kiss and you could kind of see the Batman is shocked and a little blushing. It's kind of weird, but it's just amazing. I just remember that as a child. And then, of course, you know, we're talking about Superman versus Muhammad Ali, which, you know, I had a chance to read, you know, look over. I mean, I've read it before, uh, but I had a chance to read it, you know, skim over it today. And it's just some really great. I've forgotten how cool Muhammad Ali looks in it. Like, he's a badass. Like, Muhammad Ali can kick Superman's butt get on a on a fair you know venue so it was pretty cool they don't trace Muhammad Ali so nice so great like he really is Superman's peer he's this amazing fighting figure he's also got like ethics and um modesty right there's a scene where Jimmy Olsen and and Lois Lane and Clark Kent come up to Muhammad Ali he's playing basketball with the kids in the neighborhood and he's like yeah I may be the greatest in boxing but I'm not the greatest basketball player I'm only terrific. <laughs> I'm not the greatest, just terrific. Just terrific. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It was awesome. This is, um, I mean, it's really funny too in there. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali is portrayed like a badass, cool. I don't know. I just, uh, there's something about Neil Adams. You know, he got a lot of um, flack for his flat earth theory and some other stuff. Uh, unlike you know at conventions he charged for for things which I think he he deserved to charge for things you know you should charge for sign signing things and everything I don't know why people complain about it um, but uh, but the guy I don't know Neil Adams was was amazing he did a great job and he wrote, co-wrote this book with Danny O'Neill and there's a few pages in this book that are like the reason I say this is his best work like if you look at page was it three and four, for, for instance, the big scene of New York City? Anyway, um, so like that scene, like a level of detail and like the beautiful depth of field, the way he draws New York City. And I know this is also drawn by uh, other folks from his studio. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. Yeah. This is everyone in Continuity Studios working on this. Oh, okay. Some of it is traced from uh, Muhammad Ali. But like it, the level of detail in it is just gorgeous, right? And you, there's a bunch of scenes like this. And again, right, this was published, I should say again, this was also published tabloid size. So it's like twice the size of an ordinary comic. And they totally took advantage of the pages, mm-hmm. right? There was the scene, uh, pages 12 and 13, where the aliens blow up the, that island. And like, there's so much detail in there and so much going on and so much depth of field. Everything's in perfect perspective. The waves look real, uh, but the, the explosion looks devastating and, ama- and amazing. And Superman has got this beautiful arcing uh, image in front of the explosion. So it almost looks three-dimensional. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's scenes like this all through the book, right? The scene where Superman gets taken out on the stretcher after he gets beaten up by Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, it's just like so powerful. Yeah. And also Adams does a great job. And now I'm ranting like you were of like varying the camera angles. 
So like when they first meet, uh, what's his name? The um, Hunya, the giant monster who they're going to fight on page 23. You know, Adams makes it more dramatic by giving us an overhead shot of the creature coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's really playing a lot with layouts and moving, moving the camera, so to speak, around in a way that really emphasizes the scenes, but he never loses track of character either. Mm -hmm. Like on the next page there, after he introduces Anya, like there's that inset panel of, of Muhammad Ali, like yawning, pretending to yawn because he's underwhelmed by the villain. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he, he really likes showing the guy's character in that scene. Mm -hmm. My favorite scenes is the, the part where it reminds me of the, it's on page 35 where he's beating up, <laughs> page 34 and 35, where uh, Muhammad Ali is beating up Superman. And it, it reminds me of the uh, Alex Toth uh, page of, uh, sorry, not the Black, I'm saying Blackberry, what's, what's, her, what's her name? Black, um, Black what's Canary? that? Black Canary's fight scene. You know, mm -hmm. that, the one from, so it really reminds me of that Alex, so it's great. It's just, and like, there he simplifies everything, right? I was just praising how he portrayed backgrounds and depth of field. Mm -hmm. But on those two pages, Adams just keeps everything tight and focused. He uses like the abstract imagery of the comics page to just slice it apart and cram everything together mm -hmm. to make it more dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if we've seen a page like this aside from Toth, like before in comics. But you don't see kind of this kind of thing very often even now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you don't see fights like this. Maybe in manga. Like page 36 when, you know, you got the repeating image of Muhammad Ali's just fist in Superman's face and you can tell he's just beating the crap out of him, right? <laughs> and the overlay of the words fall down, fall down. Like, it's just all so clever and so exciting. Mm -hmm. Lois's face on the right side there when she's like completely panicked and stressed out about mm -hmm. Superman getting beaten up because of course she is. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's really a feeling of showing off. You know, this is Adams a little bit like Muhammad Ali saying, I am the greatest. Mm -hmm. Was he like, I don't know. His style is so different than others. You know, was he like the first person? I mean, who was who was who were his influences? Do you think he's a revolutionary? Mm -hmm. And um, I just recorded a thing for a two-headed nerd podcast wrote about Adams, and I think he's one of the ten most important comics creators of all time. Mm -hmm. His influences oh, were yeah. all on the illustration and comic strip side. Mm -hmm. people like uh Hal Foster Alex Raymond uh what's his name Alec Kotsky who did apartment 3G that Dave Sim loves a lot mm -hmm. like he he came from he brought out a whole different attitude towards comics mm. and like by the late 70s especially he was what was really in fashion like Kirby like we all think of Kirby first of all Adams wasn't really influenced by Kirby and second of all like a lot of the artists coming up at the time were like kind of dismissive of Kirby. They wanted to draw like Adams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, that was yeah. the real Marvel style at the time. 
John Byrne drew like Adams. Bill Sienkiewicz drew like Adams. Uh, Frank Miller picked up storytelling from Adams. He really is like in the DNA of all the big artists from that time period. Mm -hmm. Trevor Von Eden also, storytelling was incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's all I knew because of Adams. And when I got introduced to comics, I'm like, well, I just need something that looks like Adams, you know? Yeah. You know? Bands all drew like Adams. It also, um, he also reminds me a little bit of the kind of mad, you know, in Mad Magazine artists where they did like parodies, but not kind of like that kind of, he reminds me of that too. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Awesome. Yeah, I know you love Superman versus Muhammad Ali. You, You mentioned it to me before. Yeah, I love that poster of all the famous people on it. <laughs> what else did you really like about it? Um, I mean, I'm a big Neil Adams fan just because first comic technically I read was Neil Adams drawn. The other one, by the way, was Kurt Swan, but I just was not as drawn to Kurt Swan as Neil Adams. Um, I think the fighting scene is great. I, I like the banter with uh, and even in the beginning with um, Muhammad Ali, I think it's pretty funny. I think he's portrayed to be strong and like a badass and better than, uh, you know, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. Isn't that this weird feeling like Muhammad Ali's like a better hero than Superman in some ways? It's, it, he's treated with such mm-hmm. dignity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. And like, yeah. Yeah, and so like, he's the true hero in in some ways. I mean, at the end, he says, "Superman, we are the greatest." King off his famous phrase, "I am the greatest." Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to know, hard to remember how big Muhammad Ali was back at the time. Back in the time, too. Well, I will say one thing about my mom. My my grandmother used to listen to Muhammad Ali fights on radio. And this is like in Iran. So not, not just Iran, but like a state of Azerbaijan, which is like not even the main, main, you know, the metropolitan area. So he was that big. And she, when I was a kid, you know, I used to read a lot of my um, uncle's comic books. Actually, I did read comic books. And um, some of those magazines that he had, she kept some magazines of like Muhammad Ali, like Supposedly, like this is before the Iranian Revolution, which you know we were very friend. Iran was friends with the, with the U.S. Um, like in hopes that he would come to and visit, you know, and like that kind of a thing. So Muhammad Ali was so huge. He was huge in the U.S., but he was huge in the world, you know. Like probably like, and this is a time where there was no internet. There was like hardly any TV. Like maybe three channels, maybe one channel. And most of it is black and white. And there's telephone is really hard. Like you can't really call places. It's very expensive to call. So how does this, how does this guy become famous around the world than like, you know, to billions of people? You know, it's it's he just transcended everything. Something about him and his charisma. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see that movie when we were kings? I haven't seen it, no. About him going to Zaire for the boxing match with Joe Frazier? No. Yeah, it's amazing because there's just feeling of him being bigger than life, like the biggest hero Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, it was like a cult figure in in the sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, it's so funny because uh, one thing about Muhammad Ali, he and he was famous even before you know he's called Muhammad Ali. Like my grandma used to call him Cassius Clay. So he's like, she was like, hey, yeah, you know when he fought when Cassius Clay fought Freezer, that was the accent. Freezer. Freezer. <laughs> <Instead of> Freezer. <laughs> Like, why did they have the same name as a refrigerator as a <laughs> no but like um but yeah he was huge and so i assume this comic sold really well because of that name um but um but the guy was huge Big it's a rare case of a comic really stepping up though this this to me like shows the potential the creators could have had in the 70s for creating great graphic novels because there really were no graphic novel like what did we see we saw a contract with god a couple of underground graphic novels like binky brown um we saw panther's rage in in the black panther but really that's it for that mm. era just a handful of other graphic novels and to me what's both exciting and sad about reading something like superman versus muhammad ali is if the creators had been given but they probably had six, eight, 12 months to create this book. Uh, you could see the beauty of what they created. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like this, this kind of alternate history, right? Because in, in Europe and Japan, especially, you know, people were given the time to create these great works and produce some amazing graphic novels mm-hmm. During that time period in the US, we never did like Superman versus Muhammad Ali is one of the rare books from that time that um, shows the craftsmanship that went into it. And I think we would have had it, this, this could have had the potential to blow into something even bigger. But instead, it just, um, it's just a one off really. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, actually, I wonder, I'm trying to remember when exactly this came out. I'm trying to find the, the date, 1978. So one of the reasons this came out was because uh, it was the same year as Superman the movie. Ah, uh, okay. And DC wanted more work to be promoting Superman at the time of Superman the movie. So I, I think that's the biggest reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, so I think there's a lot, of, a lot of just stuff in there. Um, but we should talk a little more about Adams before we jump off. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm the, I don't know if you've looked at his X-Men work recently. I, I was looking through it last night and it's like just as good as I remember it being. Mm-hmm. It, it's just gorgeous work not just the character designs, but like his page layouts and just the, like the way he thinks about pages in like a two dimensional space was like completely different for the time period. Mm-hmm. The only artist who's similar to him is Steranko. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I was just, I like him better than Steranko, but yeah, I, like them both. I can't really, can't yeah, really. Yeah, that's the thing, it's, right? It's, you can't really compare, but Steranko is more abstract. Yeah. And like the Batman story you're talking about, like 
think about what a lightning bolt that was at DC at the time. DC was this conservative company that had like a lot of Kurt Swan comics coming out. Mm-hmm. In fact, this this book came out while Kurt Swan was drawing Superman and Batman. Oh, he was drawing Batman too? Or excuse me, Superman and, and action comics. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I think yeah. Irv Novick was drawing Batman mostly at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the books were boring. Superman mm-hmm. was like the super boy scout. He was a boring character. And this comes out and it's like this just bolt from, from nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, when Batman, when he did this early work on Batman, you know, there was actually it was pretty experimental era because people like Frank Robbins were drawing Batman at that point too. Um, but it was mostly very conservative. Yes, Superman was um, pretty conservative. Huh? Like, I mean, DC is conservative in general. And you think of anything that wasn't conservative in DC at, around that time. And I would say most of it was from O'Neill and Adams. Yeah. Yeah. They were such a great group for the time. And Adams' art just felt like something like nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you read any of his recent work? Batman Odyssey and the X Men book he did and stuff like that? I have a few issues of his. I didn't know he did an X-Men. He did uh yeah, he did a Fantastic Four, which I haven't read. I should that's probably gonna sell out now. <laughs> They're all on Marvel Unlimited. Oh, okay. Yeah, he draws the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Oh uh Adam? Adams, you know, he just his Ben Grimm just looks bizarre. Oh, I thought you said ugliest thing in general. Thing. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry, I should have meant Ben Grimm. Said that. Uh, yeah, which is kind of a bummer. Like, I don't know. I kind of wish he he kind of ended his career on a better note for fans, but I kind of like when he did his own thing. Right. Up I like end. it. Do it, man. Run yourself to the, you know, do whatever you want. Like, I love the fact that Frank Miller still draws. I want him to draw. If he draws in stick figures, I'm probably going to buy it. <laughs> I mean, with Neil Adams, I didn't buy a lot of this stuff, but I, I should, I want to. I want to go back and look at some of the stuff that were terrible, like the Odyssey one, which I have a few issues from that Odyssey. And then um, the Superman one. He did a Superman that was awful, but who cares? We should talk about those maybe. Yeah. Future episodes. You can find them now. <laughs> Again, they're all on the apps, so I'm just gonna oh, yeah. in the apps. Cool. I should get. I gotta get a. Anyways, that's my own thing. I gotta get an I, iPad. <laughs> Thanks for talking about this with me. Yeah, thank um, you. Adams was a great talent. I'm. I'm legitimately gonna miss him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll be missed. <laughs> Oh, thank you.